0: Today, um, we have a special speaker today, and uh, is really pleased to introduce to you Pastor Adam Fithen. Please welcome him as he comes up to us today. Come on. Is that on? Hey, that is on. Look at that. Good morning. Good morning, Friendship Church. It is good to see you, finally, we are here, I am here, and uh, looking at all your pretty faces, look at this, uh, you, first of all, you have lived up to the name of your church already, you guys are friendly, you know that? You, you named it very aptly, that was very good, uh, got to meet several of you outside before uh, service, having uh, some coffee and some donuts, and uh, got to uh, meet some of you, and uh, very nice to meet you guys. Um And so we are so glad to be here. Uh, My name is Adam Fithen. Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm originally from Arkansas. No applause. Okay, great. Uh, All right, well, then I guess I should introduce you to my wife, Becky, who is from the great city of Houston, Texas. All right, go ahead and stand up. They already like you better better than me. Okay, that's Becky right there. I know. That's Becky, and uh, I tell you what—I've got—I have got a great wife. Okay, she is smart. She is funny. She always lets me be the car and Monopoly. I've got the whole package right there. Okay, she's great. And now I want to introduce you to my kids. I'll—I'll—I'll uh, I'll, I'll introduce all of them, and then you can greet them if you'd like to. Olivia, stand up so they can see you. Yeah, you got to stand up. This is Olivia. She's uh, 17 years old. Going to be a senior next year. Claire, uh, this is Claire, she is 15 years old, 15 just this past week, so she's our birthday girl on Monday, so that's Claire, and then Juliet, stand up for us, yay, Juliet, hiding behind her hair there, I see, so that's Juliet, and so, yeah, all girls, so one, y'all pray for me, okay, all, all girls, both of the dogs are boys, so that's good, that helps me out a little bit. I also want to say welcome to my brother and sister, y'all have to stand up, but brother and sister-in-law, <laughs> Jack and Christina Sizemore, Can we welcome them? This is uh, Becky's brother and and uh, wife, and they've got Jackson upstairs, and then little Lena is coming in a couple of weeks, and so they live in uh, uh, Humble Porter area up there, so they said we're in town, so they they got to come see us, and so... Uh, they're here, so we're glad that uh, that you guys are here. And so, just a little bit about us. Um, I grew up at a pastor's home, so I've been going to church since the womb. Uh, can anybody else attest to that? Is anybody? Else? Yep, since the womb. Okay, very good. Um, and so, I loved being a pastor's son. I would go to church early with my dad, and I would help him put the hymnals in the back of the pews. And uh, remember hymnals? Okay. Yeah. All right. Remember pews? Remember? Okay. All right. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Um, loved it loved being a pastor's son loved uh, all the worship songs we used to sing choruses back in those days and um, loved it loved being a pastor's son my wife Becky when by the time she became a teenager her dad was um, was on the deacon board and so we have a, a heritage of, of being in the ministry our kids have been in the ministry uh, they, they've worked there as well and so we met, like all good Assemblies of God preachers, we met and married at Southwestern Assemblies of God University, <laughs> glory to God. <clears throat> met there, got married, jumped right into ministry, we've, we've uh, been a part of youth ministry in both Arkansas and South Texas in the Beaumont area, is where we lived for a while, and we were uh, children's pastors on the north side of Houston in spring, and then we were actually missionaries to the Netherlands. We were there for a term. I've got yeah, I've got a Dutch speaker over here for me. So mijn Friend Nederlands gesprekken. Right. My kids do not like it when I try to speak Dutch. <laughs> they do not like it at all. Um, but yeah, so we were in the Netherlands for uh, one term for three years. We did a lot of different things there. Planted a actually a couple of churches, and was involved in kids ministry there. So did a lot of things. We have been associate pastors and executive pastors. We've done a little bit of everything in ministry. We've not done worship ministry because I cannot sing, and so do I need to give an example of that? Becky, should I sing a song? Or? Becky says no, so we're going to move on. Um, so we've done a little bit of everything, and and so we feel like the Lord is is uh, as I say thrusting us into this position of uh, we want to be a senior pastor, and lead a church, and so we are uh, just looking to see what God God has for us. And so today, believe it or not, is Pentecost Sunday. Do you know this? Come on, this is this is our day. This is Acts 2 day, okay? We're we're Pentecostal, are we not? And so this is a big day for us and uh, it just so happens that I was already wanting to talk about uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, and so I, I'm excited about that because as I look through um, our life, our past, um, especially in ministry, there's a there's a couple of years, last couple of years, I've had a motto that I have uh, repeated to myself over and over. Uh, sometimes you've got to say things to yourself to get yourself through the day, <laughs> and there's a phrase that I have been saying over and over the last couple of years, and that's rely on the Holy Spirit. I've said that over and over, and as I've looked back in in my life of ministry, I realize that that's exactly what I've done, is that I've relied on the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's easy to rely on your strengths, uh, your God-given strengths. They are God-given, absolutely, but sometimes if if you are intelligent, then you kind of lean on that intelligence, intelligence. And so you, you try to look at everything you know, through the eyes of you know, how smart you are in this uh, situation. Some of you, you've got some big muscles, and so you lean on your strengths, okay, like George Leach over here. He, he, he's going to lean on that, right? And so he's got, <laughs> and so when, when you're a strong guy, you lean on that. And, and it's good to lean on your strengths because they are God-given, but sometimes we can lean too far on that, and I want to rely on the Holy Spirit. I want to rely on on uh, who the Holy Spirit has made me, what he's doing in me, through me. And looking back, I am so thankful that I have relied on the Holy Spirit. When um, we first got out of college and I was a youth pastor and I I thought I knew everything about the ministry, and then two months in I realized I didn't know anything about the ministry, I had to rely on the Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, We look at other times in our life when we were itinerating, when we were raising money to to go to the Netherlands, They told us that because of where we were going, it's very expensive to live in the Netherlands. We're taking three girls with us. It's going to be very expensive. It will take you at least 20 months and maybe even 24 months, two years, to raise your entire budget. And so we relied on the Holy Spirit, and we raised our budget in 13 months, and we were gone. And so we were so thankful for that, how we relied on the Holy Spirit. And then there in the Netherlands, well, you want to talk about relying on the Holy Spirit. um, That's all we did. We were able to befriend a lot of people who we were able to lead closer to the Lord. Uh, Muslims, Hindu, there, people there in the Netherlands, it, it was just amazing the things that God allowed us to do. There was one day in particular, I was at uh, my middle daughter Claire played field hockey. And so I was, we were at one of the games, and uh, standing there watching the game, and there was one of the dads also on the team that we had had a couple of conversations. But this one, one day, uh, he leans over while we're watching the game, and he says, so you're uh, American, Right? And I said, yeah, I'm American. And he says, and you're a Christian, huh? I looked around a little bit. <laughs> you talking to me? Uh, yes, actually, Christian. And he says, tell me about Christianity in America. Like, really? Like here at the field hockey match? Like this is what you want me to talk about? And so he asked me, I, I, I said, well, what do you want to know? And he says, I, I want you to tell me. Like, what does Christianity have in America? What does that look like? What is Christianity? And so I said, Okay, like if you want me to tell you the truth, here it is. Uh, We believe that God created us, da, da, da. I go into this whole deal, and I'm talking to him, and I notice as I'm talking, there are other parents who are watching the game, and they are slowly moving in to get close to us to hear what I'm saying, because we were kind of spread out watching the game, and by the end of the conversation, we were all huddled in this one little area, because they were kind of secondhand listening to the conversation. There's nothing that I did. I was just standing there watching my daughter play field hockey. Um, but the Holy Spirit made it available so that I was able to preach the gospel to a couple of several uh, uh, parents there when a guy was just telling me. It was great because over the course of the next couple of weeks, I was I was talking to him. And, and finally, my friend, he comes to me at one of the games and he says, okay, I've decided. I think like you now. <laughs> That's how he said it. <laughs> He said, I think like you now. And I said, what do you mean? He says, Christian, I think like that. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, like that was nothing that I did. That was the Holy Spirit. That was relying on the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want to talk about here today is relying on the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit, amen? In everything that we do, we have to rely on him. So if you have your Bibles, Turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We've got the, uh, the words on the screen for you here in just a minute. John chapter 16, and also I'm going to be in Isaiah chapter 55, if you want to put your finger there as well. But John chapter 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and um, he's giving them a lot of information. Okay, Starting in verse 13, and going all the way into 17 and 18 he's giving them a lot of information here and he's talking about heaven and he's talking about how he has to he has to leave he's got to go back to the father and the t- disciples don't understand why he has to do that and they're talking about, he's talking about the Pharisees. He's talking about be connected to the vine. He's giving them a, a fire hydrants amount of information right now. And they're trying to soak it all in. And the disciples are, wait, what? But, and they're trying to ask questions. And Jesus is just giving them all of this information at once. And a lot of information that they don't want to hear. They don't want to know that, that he's going to leave. And so, but Jesus is giving them this information. And so in John chapter 16, verse 1, It says, All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. They will do no such things because they have not known, or they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. So Jesus is letting them know of some times ahead that's coming, and you're not going to like these times ahead. There are some times that are coming that it's not going to be a good name to call yourself a Christian. Okay, there's going to be times when the media is going to put you in a certain light in a certain direction that that. Maybe that's not exactly how we are, but they're going to say that you are like this. Or there's some people in Hollywood that's going to say some mean things about Christians. Or there's some, uh, even some athletes or some organizations. They're going to call Christians bad names. Now, thankfully, that's not happening yet, right? Thankfully, that's not going on right now. Okay, that's in the future, like way in the future. That's not happening right now, okay? (laughs) One of these days it may not be the greatest thing to be called a Christian because you're also, oh, you're a Christian? Well, then you're also a bigot and you're uh, whatever these other names are. And they're going to call you these things, and they're going to even kill you and say that what, we're doing this in service of God. This is for the moral good. This is moral right. That's happening right now, isn't it, a little bit. Now, to be fair, it is happening in other countries around the world even more so But it is beginning to happen here in America as well. We're seeing some of this right here, what Jesus is talking about. They're gonna put you out of the synagogue. They're they're gonna call you names, they're gonna do this stuff, and they're gonna say all this, not because they're right, but because they don't know the father and they don't know me. They don't know who we are. Verse five says, Now I am going to him who sent me to the father, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. So the disciples are are very upset. They they don't want him to go. But he says, I have to go to the Father. This is what must happen, okay? Verse 7, the first part of verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Hold up, wait, stop right there, hold on. What? It is for our good that you are going away. That doesn't make any sense like like what are you talking about we know jesus we want you to stay there is no way possible that it is for our good that you are going to leave okay if, if you had jesus imagine jesus as your pastor okay that is a great pastor right there okay every sermon would be a 10 every single one not one bad week okay every single one every decision that he was to make would be divine like no one could say are you sure god told you to say this you know Hello, Jesus, Son of God. Like if there was a low week in the offering, uh, he could just send a deacon down to the lake and he could pick out a fish and there's a couple hundred dollars in his mouth. Okay, that's that's what that's what Jesus was do as pastor. Okay, if your dog got ran over, he'd come over and raise it from the dead. Bam. If your cat got ran over, he'd come and help you bury it. Okay, because that, he's 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 a good guy. Okay, Jesus is nice. He's a nice man. Okay. <laughs> All right? He would be a great pastor. And they've had him as pastor. Sorry, all you cat lovers. I love you. He would be a great pastor. For three years, the disciples have said, No, 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 you can't leave. We have followed you everywhere, we have seen everything that you've done, all the miracles, all the stuff. We need you here. But isn't it just like God? God consistently, all throughout the history of the Bible and the history of us, consistently does things the way that we would not do things. How many of you have seen this? Consistently, over and over, we see it out and we say, this is probably what God's going to do. And then, whoa, where did this come from? And he comes in. All the time. It is consistent. And this is another, another thing right here. The disciples say, we want you to stay. We need you here. You're the son of God. we got to have you here. Don't leave. And he says, no, no, no. It's for your good. It's for your advantage. It's for your benefit. And that doesn't make sense to us. Has God ever told you something? That does not make sense. He told you something, and you did not know what was going to happen. It actually reminds me of a passage of Scripture in Isaiah, if you want to flip over there real quick. In Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts god says my ways are higher than your ways i realized that this is how you would do it <laughs> but my ways and my thoughts are higher than the ways that you would do it It's different than the way that it's going to do it. And trust me, my way is going to work, not your way. So you don't see what's coming down the line here, okay? You don't see that if you do it this way, you're going to have this pitfall and this barrier and this. But if you do it my way, it's going to happen. It's going to happen the way that it needs to happen. I am thankful that I can go to a God who knows infinitely more than I do. And don't we do that? If if your car's in trouble and you know anything about cars, you take it to a guy who supposedly knows how to fix it. If you are sick, you don't know what's wrong with you. You go to a doctor to figure out what's wrong with you. He knows more than you do. Well, when it comes to our life, why don't we go to the one who created life? He might actually have an idea of what to do. Too many times we try to figure stuff out for ourselves, and Jesus is like, hey, I have an idea. (laughs) Since I created you, I know you. I know what you should do. I know the direction you should go. Why don't you ask me a question? My ways are higher than your ways. So then he gives an example in verse 10. It says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Okay, so he says that rain and snow come down to the earth and it it flourishes the earth. Then you have seed and bread for the eater. Think about this. A guy over here eating bread really has nothing to do with rain falling from the sky. Just one of those two things, how did, how did those two things connect? A guy eating bread and it raining over here. You guys have experienced rain, correct? Here in... <laughs> you guys have seen this? Yes? Okay. What does rain have to do with bread? Well, God says, how do I want to get bread? How do I want to nourish my people? I know what I'll do. I'll rain from heaven. It will nourish the earth. Seed will come, wheat pops out, and then they're able to make bread. See, if I'm the creator, I wouldn't have thought of that. I'm not that smart, okay? Uh, There's no way that I would have come up with that. But God's ways are higher than my ways. And so he thought of that. He thought of making it rain so that we would come over here and eat some bread. That That is fantastic. That is an example of his ways are higher than our ways. So then it says, the sentence actually continues in verse 11, so is my word... That goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So when the rain falls down, it doesn't fall and then go back up in the sky. The rain falls down, it nourishes the earth, and then we're able to have bread. That was the purpose for the rain. Just like that, God says, My word will go out of my mouth, it will nourish your souls, and will complete a purpose that I have for it. Every single syllable in this word of God is for a purpose. This is why we dig into it all the time. This is why we read it. This is him raining his word down on us so that we can be nourished and then accomplish a purpose that he has for us. That's why we get into the word of God, because his ways are higher than my ways. If I try to figure it out without God, it's not going to work. I would not go from rain to bread, but he does. And so I follow him. I rely on the Holy Spirit. And so this is what he says. Let's go back to this word that is not going to return void. Verse 7 of John 16, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good, That I am going away. That it makes sense to us. But we continue. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's the Holy Spirit. If I go, then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And if I stay, I can't send the Holy Spirit. So it is actually to your benefit, to your advantage... That I go, that I leave. If I leave, then the Holy Spirit comes. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And if you skip to verse 13, it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. I am thankful. The disciples didn't want him to leave. No, 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 this is great that you're here. And he says, no, if I don't go, then the Holy Spirit will not come. How many of you, you, you think, you know, if it would, it would be good, maybe some of you have some non-Christian friends, maybe some atheist friends, and your thought is, you know, if, if Jesus, if you would just show up like one time, and turn water into wine or something, then everybody would know that you're real, okay? Like I know you're real. Could you just pop here just for a second and show my atheist friends? I mean if you've ever thought something like that. You're like, I just wish that you know, just one time, just open up the clouds and go hello, and then everybody would see you, and then we would put it on the internet so that all could see you, and we could all. I just wish Jesus would be here. But he says, No, no, no. If I go, then the Holy Spirit will come, and what happens is now. He fills all of us Christ believers with the Holy Spirit. Now, there is an army of Christ-followers who is more effective in reaching the ends of the earth. Last week, I had back-to-back conversations with two friends of mine. A guy named Steve and a guy named Dan. And they both had questions for me, tough-ish questions to ask. And so, we were at a burger joint, and this guy, Steve, asked me a question, and I said, Actually, I just read that last week, and in Jeremiah 23, it says this. How did I pull out, Je- who reads Jeremiah 23 randomly? Well, I did last week. The Holy Spirit directed me to that passage of Scripture. The Holy Spirit directed me to that passage of Scripture. And so I was able to tell him, and it says in Jeremiah 23, that da, da 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 and it answered his question. Because the Holy Spirit is living inside of me, He brings that back to remembrance, and I'm able to share that with him. That's why we do that. We get into the word of God. Now, if Jesus had stayed and the Holy Spirit was not here working inside of me, what I would have to do is I'm sitting there at Steve at the burger place and say, hold on just a second, hey, uh, Jesus, uh, yeah, I got a question for you. Um, Oh, you're healing a blind guy? Um, Well, this will take just a second. Hold on, okay? I got a question here for Steve. And I had to ask him, and, and figure out what it is. But instead, the Holy Spirit is living inside of me. And at the same time that I'm at this burger place talking to Steve, someone else in Arizona is talking to somebody about the Lord. Somebody else over here in New York and someone in the Netherlands and someone in Asia because the Holy Spirit is in all of us. He's not just in one person walking around. He's in all of us. The very next day, Dan asked me a question. I said, Funny enough, I just read John 15 yesterday. Here's the answer to your question. That's the Holy Spirit working inside of me. I don't remember everything I read, but when the Holy Spirit is inside of me working, when the Holy Spirit is inside of you working, then His the word that comes down will be accomplished. There's a purpose for it. When when we read something, when, when, when God's word comes to us and nourishes our soul, Sometimes it's not just for us, it's for someone else. That happened to me last week. I received something, not for me, but for the two people that had questions. Sometimes when God nourishes our soul, it's for someone else. And that's when we are used by the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another word that's not going to return void. Acts 1.8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on, we're Pentecostal. We love that verse, don't we? You will receive power. We are an army of spirit-filled Christ believers, and we are able to reach the ends of the earth. Power, power comes to us by the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. It is so much more effective, the Holy Spirit using us, to reach out to other people. (coughs) Excuse me. That is what relying on the Holy Spirit does. When we rely on him, Jesus had to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come and guide us in all truth. He guides us. He leads us to where he wants us to go. I am thankful that I have a counselor, a comforter, a guide that takes me in different areas of where he wants us to go. I am so thankful for that. And that's why I rely on the Holy Spirit. you don't know what kind of man I am, what kind of pastor I am, I'm a guy that relies on the Holy Spirit. I know that I can't do it all, but I rely on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit working through me, in my stuff, in my weaknesses, and he can accomplish his his purpose, and then you get a whole church. Church, come on. What if if Friendship Church relied on the Holy Spirit in everything they did? In outreach, in Bible study, in kids' ministry. Hey, those kids are eight right now. They're going to be 38 one day. They need to know the Word of God. They've got to rely on the Holy Spirit. What if Friendship Church relied on the Holy Spirit in all that we did, in all that you did? Can you imagine what we can accomplish? Victor, come on up, man. I've just asked Victor to come up, and he's going he's gonna to lead us in a song because, not a song, but I want to give us an opportunity to pray. And I want the worship team to be able to have a chance to pray as well. We're going to go into a time of prayer. And I don't know how you normally have a prayer time here at the end of the service, but here's what I'd like us to do here in just a second. I want us to go into a time of prayer and I want you to find a place to pray. And whatever that means, find a place to pray. That may be that you sit at your seat, and that's fine. Maybe you turn around and 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 make the make your seat an altar. Maybe you stand up and come to the front. Whatever makes you feel comfortable, we're gonna spend a few minutes in prayer. And here's what I want you to ask God. God, how do I need to rely on the Holy Spirit? There's probably three main ways. First of all, you look in your past and you realize that there is something in your past that you did not rely on the Holy Spirit for. And you gotta be honest, you made a mess of it. You messed it up and you need to ask forgiveness for that, for not relying on the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's you here today. And you need to talk to the Holy Spirit and you, need to, and you need to ask him. You need to say, God, I'm sorry. Some of you are here today and you're going through something right now. There are things happening right now with job and finances and baby on the way and we've got so many different things that, that are happening right now. I need to rely on him. How many times have I gone to the Lord about this? I've got to rely on him. If I took this job, how could I rely on the Holy Spirit? If I raise my kids this way, in relying on the Holy Spirit, how would they turn out? If we did this, how could I rely on the Holy Spirit? You've got something going on right now. Maybe that's neither one of you, but you want to look ahead and you want to say, what if I was to start today relying on the Holy Spirit, the one who whose ways are higher than my ways, whose word speaks, nourishes my soul for a purpose. What if I was for the next 15 years rely on the Holy Spirit where would I be in 15 years? Some of you say, I don't even know if I'd be here in 15 years. Well, you need to ask that question even more, okay? Where am I going to be in the 15 years if I rely on the Holy Spirit? Where would I be if right now today I started, and every decision that I made, I relied on the Holy Spirit? What do you have for me, God? So that's what I want us to pray about. You can find one of those things that you need to pray, maybe all of them, I don't know. But I want us to rely on the Holy Spirit this morning. So, can we find a place to pray? If that's at your seat, if you want to stand up, if you want to come to the front, I don't know how you normally do it, but I'm just going to ask that we find a place to pray. We're not talking to our neighbor for a minute, but we find a place to pray and let's rely on the Holy Spirit for a few minutes, all right? Let's pray. Oh, we thank you this morning. Lord, we rely on your Holy Spirit. I want to ask this question while we're in an attitude of prayer. Are you here this morning and you've, and you've heard this message and you say you're not sure how to rely on the Holy Spirit <clears throat> because you're not sure if you have Jesus in your heart? And you want to ask him this morning. I want to give opportunity for that. If you're here today and you do not have Jesus in your heart. You would not be what's called a Christ follower. But you're interested enough in this where where, where you see a need to change. And a need to go in a certain direction. I can tell you that you are amongst friends this morning. And all of us have received Jesus as well. So if that's you here today and you would like to ask Jesus into your heart, would you just lift your hand this morning? I just wanna give everybody the opportunity and a chance to say, yeah, I, I, I need Jesus in my heart. Anyone who needed to ask Jesus into their heart. Actually, yes, I see that one. Is there anybody else? <laughs> is there anybody else? <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a good day this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, church, let's let's stand, let's stand together and let's pray together. Let's all pray a prayer together. There's someone who says, I, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. So let's all say this prayer together. Say this, say, dear Jesus, I love you. Lord, I want to know you more. Help me to do that. I pray that you would come into my life this morning. Come into my heart. Take away my sins, throw them away. (laughs) I want to belong to you. I want to rely on your Holy Spirit to grow closer and closer to you. Help me this morning to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Man. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for a day where we can come into your house, that we can hear your word, that it can nourish our souls for a purpose that you have for us. And Lord, I know that the disciples didn't want you to leave, but you had to leave so that the Holy Spirit would come. And now you have filling all of us and you speak to us and you lead us and you guide us and you convict us when we need to be convicted. Overall, you love us. And God, we thank you for that. God, we praise your name this morning. We praise your name. Thank you that we can come into your house with your people and love you this morning. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, help us to rely on the Holy Spirit this morning. Help us to rely on the Holy Spirit this morning. Hallelujah. God, we do all of this in your name. In your name, amen. So all right, one more time. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on up, Brother Rick.